This is where the magic happens. I'm Angela Lovell, and I'm a psychic and an empath. Um, the cat stuff, all the stuff, and a witch. Cat stuff, witch stuff. Witch um, stuff. Hi, my name's Ryan Singer. I'm a stand-up comedian, uh, paranormal podcast, investigator, mm-hmm. uh, empath, uh, lover of witchcraft, uh, all things esoteric and occult. A um, plant also owner. plant cacti and succulent owner. Mm-hmm. I've got um, seven of them. We we were trying to get a lizard. So we're talking to Sal today, the owner of Crooked Path and Mega Witch, who I was lucky enough to be on a <laughs> panel like, with. Like church, like mega church. Like you're it's like mega the church. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, are you watching it? Uh, yes. It's it's really fun. I love Danny McBride. So do I. Um so so Sal and I did the witches panel at Midsummer Scream. And uh, it was pretty controversial. People were walking out on us. Um, But a lot of people were super excited and applauding after Sal, mostly just after Sal would speak. So um, as soon as we did the panel, and I've known Sal for a while. He's got a giant root beer. He just pulled out like... (laughs) And the look on his face, too. This is like... While I was talking, Sal approached the mini dorm fridge. We're at the Crooked Path right now, and we're upstairs. If you are ever in L.A., you this don't Disneyland second okay or or Universal second Disneyland I'm like third. day two but, off sugar and I'm looking at this path. thing like it is <laughs> like you're dangling a, like a piece of meat in front of a wolf right now like because I love root beer but um <gasps> sugar's fun so I'm, okay I'm so I had a delicious shake from Sage the vegan place today oh, please don't tell me about it was that. chocolate Ryan it tasted I'm I, off sugar I was I was drinking it and I was like why does anybody need dairy like it's so good the the vegan options are so good the cats wanted it and I was like you're carnivores fuck off um but anyway so we're here at the crooked path and it's kind it kind of has like a church feel the vibe in here uh, it's got a, it's got a temple feel oh yeah sure. we got to get closer sorry temple yeah feel for yes sure. yeah no yes church was done this place is uh, this is the first time i've been in here <gasps> and mm. the the place has got everything you want and more i mean You've got, you mean, there's clothing, oh, yeah. there's there's stones, there's uh, supplies there's for a ritual, real witch there's school space, there's art gallery, yeah, there is, uh, there's everything you want in this place. There's a Hakate altar. It's like the panty oh, really? dropper of yeah. Hakate altar. I have to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's we'll a Hakate to, room. We'll have to see this. I um, have to see that. There's a baby oh, snake I'm obsessed with. Okay. Um, yeah. What's her name? Drakina. Oh, I love her. I named her something else in my head and I forgot to tell you what I forgot what it was, but it'll come to me later. I keep and a I monitor lizard. Connected to the the snake. number one of all time lizards, the monitor lizard. Oh yes, yes. Which is like Queen my number one and, yeah. and wish Sal, lizard. So this is really great timing because Ryan needs a familiar and he's he has like a real connection to lizards. And, and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I keep pushing lizards on him, but he just started with plants. And they're very temperamental. Those plants are gonna be weird about if you ever water them. And and I admire well, you that you're starting watch. with something. It's very rare, and then yeah, I missed yeah, them every once in a while. Like a vagina with teeth. Ooh, oh, those are tricky. No. Yeah, it is like a vagina with teeth. <laughs> it is. I've known vaginas with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my fantasy: is that we evolve to have teeth in our vaginas. Yeah. I, um, I'd rather you devolve. I don't want you evolve into that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. It's that doesn't something. really like. like that doesn't get me excited thinking yeah. about that future. Those, uh, it's um, more of a those little cups. Um, those. I know. I'm. I'm like talking to the wrong two people here but no, maybe listeners will the the, yeah the blood cups I, I harvest all my blood now for witchcraft uh, but they have like a, a stick on the end uh, and I remember one night um, when I was living in a trailer and I was like camping in the middle of nowhere and I was walking to the shower because I'd not yet fixed the plumbing in my trailer um, I was walking to the shower and I had one of those cups and I was like I pity the fool who tries 
to rape me with this fucking stabby thing. And then I was like, oh wait, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, is this like an anti-rape device? I don't, because it would not be pleasant and nothing is suctioned to my cervix. I've hung out with you twice and both times it ends up about your vagina and blood. We've hung out three times. We've hung out three times. And I maybe oh, the first shit. time too. <laughs> no, this is, this is, uh, this is standard. Um, <laughs> Let's so, talk about like yeah. okay so like at this at the panel um, the at, this was Midsummer Scream right yeah. yes and it was a witches panel mm-hmm. and there was some controversy like you said like some people were getting upset about like great pencil yeah but what's the like when you go to give a talk at like a, a witches panel mm-hmm. and you know that there's going to be like you know quote unquote civilians there yeah. Um, what vanillas, muggles, yeah, whatever you want to call yeah. them. Muggles. Do you Vanillas come in with an yeah. idea of like, okay, I'm going to give them a, a, a bunch of sugar to help this medicine go down, or or what's the no. idea? I, what's the idea? I'm here? pretty pretty blatant about what it is I talk about, but I I try to do it tactfully so as not to, cause, you know, I scan my room and look and see who's in there, and and then work over the bumps, but still direct my point. You know? Yeah. But I've been speaking and. So before you could I, tell, I be, yeah, before I became, you know, so known in this, I mean, I've been doing this 34 years of my life, but for many, many years, I was kind of a figurehead in the BDSM community in Los Angeles. So I speak all over the country on SM and train people. I worked at kink.com. I've got like 500 films I've done. So it's like, I've got a lot of background in this. I used to have my own internet based talk show and, you know, so yes. I, I'm a speaker. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And Sal really connected with those people. Like they were, they were really feeling what he was putting down and they were pretty freaked out. I mean, we asked or Renee asked at the beginning, how many witches, what, like three people raised their hands. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not know what Midsummer Scream was. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a Disney event is is. really how it felt. Very, very, (laughs) very. This is all starting to make a little more sense now. Yeah. (laughs) And I I didn't know. I mean, I was curving. (laughs) Well, and I was billed as, as a sex magic expert. So of course I was, like pee on his car if you want him like you know p- put blood in his food like I'm telling them that and then I did notice six teenage- 14 year olds leaving yes with their dads <laughs> yeah and then I, I felt bad but I, I also did not read the room like Sal did but at the same time I'm I guarantee you those little young ladies gonna go home and look some stuff up on the internet you know um I really 18 they were 18? When they're 18. Oh, when they're 18. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. don't we don't want no children to do that. gross yeah, things. So um so uh what I really liked Sal was saying because there, you totally flipped the script for me on hexing, and my thing is all because, and and I am in a very interesting position where, um, the two like voices in my ear or like my two major influences in my magic have been our shaman Sarah, and she does a lot of like Christ healing stuff, and she is very white light, mm-hmm. and then on the opposite end of the spectrum is fucking Renee, and uh-huh. Renee does whatever she wants, and she mm-hmm. has made contact with some really powerful entities at this point. So I'm hearing Sarah's experiences and Renee's experiences and I've kind of landed in the middle and I had a very different opinion about hexing which was like, oh no, I'm not going to put that out there. But the way Sal was spinning it is if somebody, I loved it. He, he had this moment. It was very passionate. He's like, if someone comes from me or my wife, if someone comes from my family, oh yeah, I'm gonna hex them. Like, yeah. it, and that's what it is. It's when somebody's coming for you, it's you have to pack. protect yourself. And this, in, in the church, not not to say that I'm a Satanist. I'm not saying I am. Um, I've just got a lot of background with the studies of it, and uh, I'm very associated with certain people. But that's one of the nine satanic statements: is mm-hmm. you protect your wolf pack. Yeah. You know, if you 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 hurt someone in your pack, you take them out. 
So yeah. is this something that like is this something you stumbled on when you were young and witchcraft? Yeah, and it got your interest, or is it something that like later in life? That um, you, I was a Boston kid. I grew up in New England uh, in a very uh, witchy area, you know. And uh, I had a best friend who's long since passed. Um, but it was probably 1979, and the first thing we did was read Crowley. Ooh, yes. Uh, we went right for the fucking juice, you know. And then <laughs> then we kind of went back from there and started studying Farrar and. Gardnerian traditions and then went back over to the OTO and then started looking at all that different stuff and I just moved my way through that until I came to Los Angeles in 1887 and uh, 87 I was kind of a really creative crazy young individual but during that time I connected with my first coven and I uh, did a year and a day with them and did my wickening and um, from there I went on to DCWA and did the same thing with them and after that year and a day, which is traditional in Wicca, because right back then Wicca was 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 at a high point at that time, and um, it it you know Wicca, I, I think Wicca is a very beautiful agricultural religion, but it was it's not for everybody. Yeah. And as as people are starting to learn now, people that classify themselves as witches are now realizing that they don't have to be Wiccan to be one. Yeah. You know, but before that was kind of like what you thought it would be because it is. Wick, people that are Wiccan are witches, but they're also Wiccan. It's their philosophy and their religion, and you know, it's their theology. Um, but you don't have to have a theology or a a traditional uh, religious spiritual background to cause change with will through witchcraft. You know, and after you get through that that area, and I moved on and went through to DCWA, which is Druidic Craft of the Wise of America. And we moved out of that, and then I moved on, and I found the Golden Dawn. And then I was in the Golden Dawn um, for, and not many people will admit to this, but I was in the Golden Dawn and got thrown out. Whoa. So I got thrown out of the Golden Dawn. This kind <laughs> this, of fucking rogue. This has got to be a, a, can we hear this story of about getting, thr- getting thrown out of the Golden well, Dawn? Well, yeah. I mean, at the time, um, I was, if you'd have met me during that time, I was circa in, circa 91. Oh, okay. Uh, 92 um, I was incredibly effeminate and androgynous and I wore like a three you know and I had super long hair and I was always in a dress and I was always gender bending and had really crazy awesome looking girlfriends yes. that were just dark and you know but I lived in this life and in the club communities and when I found GD you know, you know the person that was running it then is no longer and him and I just I will butt heads with authority. If you, you, you get in my way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smack you in the fucking head. I don't, yeah. I don't care. You know, I just get yeah. that aggressive. Virgo. And I was young, and I was being like, you know, no, I'm not gonna do what you say. And I'm like, fuck this and fuck that and fuck authority. And you know, I'm in this group. And but I got in, and um, I studied. But what, what, what the the first main problem was when I was in the Golden Dawn was I was, I was in trouble because I was making my tools out of my grade. So you have to, you're allotted so much information every time. And after every initiation, you get more. And you get what's called a proctor, who is a person that guides you. It's your personal guide that you can call 24-7. The Golden Dawn is an amazing, amazing group. I am not disrespecting them. I, I still hold current to them in, in, in my teachings. Um, and I think it's a wonderful order. At the time, there was an individual that wasn't very nice. And he was very egotistical. In the long term, I'm not going to put names out there because it's just not worth doing. But you know, at the time when it, when it came down, 
him and I kept butting heads, and he's like, well, if you want to be in the order, you want to stay in the order, I've talked to the chiefs of the third order. Now, you have to understand the echelon of how, how the Golden Dawn works. So you've got the outer order, you've got portal, you've got the inner order, then you've got the second order, and then you've got the third, which is the chiefs, and that's, the, that's divine, that's coming from Keter straight. So they're, they're ethereal, they're not of this plane. And so he's like, the chiefs of the third order say, you can be in this, but you have to cut your hair off. Oh, that's really fucked up. Long hair. And I was really, I was a pretty kid back then. Yeah. Know? So I'm on my <laughs> knees in the temple. And he said that to me. And he put the scissors on the floor. And he wanted me to basically lop my hair right there. And I forget exactly what I said. But I was something to the effect, you know what, I'm going to do this because I want to show you that I'm not held to my hair the way you think I am. But I'll tell you one thing, if, it come, if my hair comes off, you'll, yours will never grow back. <gasps> and I, <laughs> yes! and then he was like, Whoa! and he freaked out. And, I was, and he's like, you don't have to do it. It was psychodrama. <laughs> and, then, oh, and then about a week later, they... they they, re- they did what was called a reverse circumambulation, which basically, so when you walk the temple in Golden Dawn, you circumambulate it, and you always acknowledge the banners of the East and the West. So when they removed me, he not only pulled me out of the order, he deleted me on the ethereal. <gasps> so he erased who I was by reverse circumambulation ritual. And that's, a, that's what they did to Crowley when they yeah. took him out of the Golden Dawn. Years earlier, so I'm, hey, you know what? I'm pumped. Yeah, this is yeah. like rarefied yes. air. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm gonna fucking scatter my name, put it on the peas, and throw it out. <laughs> you know, Mallory's did, but you know, in the end, I moved on, and then I went to Panpipes in the early, early '90s, and I met George Derby, who was my mentor, and uh, he kind of like finalized things for me, and um, that's where I met Greg Besnack who also, also works here. At the oh, yeah, I love now. Greg. He's a, he was a ceremonial instructor there. and um, He's brilliant, the, too. Yeah, the three of us worked together and with me, Greg, and the old man. And uh, we, we worked there, and I left. And then after that, I went to Raven's Flight, and Raven became my high priestess. And back then, Raven was in, had a coven called Wildwood, and in that coven was her and Griffin from Green Man. And so that was the team, but then it, it the Green Man store in NoHo. Yes, that was that that was the that that when when Raven's Flight left off, Green Man moved forward and kept going and became a beautiful, amazing store on its own. Yeah, you know, but it was just at the end of one birthed another, and that's where that echelon. Yeah, went. and then I went on my own, and now I'm here. Evol- ev- evolution like yeah. teeth and vagina. That's yeah. interesting because. <laughs> There used to be a comedy show at the Green Man store really? that was monthly. It was called Full Moon Comedy. It's the show we went to. Oh, and they just moved it to their it, backyard. Yeah, the, it used to be. A, it like used to be out. there. We should try to go sometime. These these amazing witches. It's a really that they store. Have, I love that. And there, right? I love that store though. The they, Green Man store. They it's didn't amazing. when we were there, did they? Bell Book and Candle is like their burlesque night, something or other. They do that at ooh, El Cid, wait. though, I think. Ooh, ooh, I like but, the um, sounds. So There's so much good stuff. There's so much good stuff. Well, um, I also want to talk to you. That that is fucking fascinating that story um i want to hear about because there are a lot of people we have a lot of listeners who are kind of like new to this um and uh, sometimes it's like you know and and ryan is still new to witchcraft and everything um everybody i I think a lot of people wait until someone shows themselves like for me hakate started showing herself 
uh, months ago. And I started to like let that energy in and we're still kind of feel like we're like, we're still kind of vetting each other, but like I, she is not a goddess you fuck around with. And Sal, you're devoted entirely to Hakate, right? Tell us, cause I am, that's the one for me. She's the one I've like everybody I've ever worked with or talked to. She is like the maybe strongest I've ever, I mean, she's definitely the strongest I've ever felt. I granted, I haven't opened myself up to everybody, but I would love to hear about your path to Hakate. Um, <clears throat> my wife is from Crete on the island of Crete in Greece. And, uh, that's where her family's from. And that's where she was partially raised. And, uh, like I said, I've been a witch and an occultist and a ceremonial magician. I'm right down the middle. You feel so like witch. past life witch. Like this yeah, is like. But I, I don't ever go there with that. I don't go. With, I don't. There's certain buzzwords I never use. I'll never talk about being an empath. I'll never talk about being past life. I'll never talk about energies or things like that. I'm just a person that causes change with will. Ooh. It's, it's 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 hammers and nails to me. I don't I don't try to make it that way because I want everybody to feel that they're on that playing field with me. I'm not, you know, it's I'm not here, they're not there. We're all here. Yeah. And we're all just learning to move through life. You know, and this is just a pathway that you can do that. But um in my in my thirty odd years of occult life, I made it a point to never be with any deity. I was very um I mean, part of it is, is my nefesh. Uh, nefesh is like the ruach, which is like the lower self, the ego self um, in magic. And, um, you know, I, I, I just channeled energy. I, I worked with certain concepts of deity. I would do what's called an, a god form. I would evoke the deity, chant, push it out in front of me, part of veil, step in, become the deity, do the work, get out of it, and, and, and make it. It's like an egregore that I removed when I was done. And then I just went on with my life. That's how I did spell work. And my wife and I went to Greece. And fuck, you, know, you can't fuck with Greece. No. There's two places in the world you don't fuck with. Greece and Egypt. Oh. The, you know, those are the two points of the oldest civilization. Yeah. Right? And uh, I, um, I was there. And we, had, we were on Crete. And we went to this really shitty Zeus's birthplace. <laughs> Um, this gaping mine, or not mine, or cave, that you that you paid, spent, spent like I think twenty euros or not, whatever it is to cost to get in there, cost a good amount of money, about this, that much. You walk down about four hundred and fifty stairs, you see stalactites and malactites, and then you loop and you go right up and you're done. And this is Zeus's birth cave in Crete. So I was like, well, that kind of was a fucking letdown, you know. And I'm like, whatever. So I moved around. And uh, we went to Konosos. And uh, Konosos is a, um, if you know anything about pre-Greek civilization, there was a culture called the Minoans. And they were on the island of Crete. And the next island, one of the next islands out there after Crete would be Santorini. Santorini is known because it still has an active volcano that lays on the top of the water. So millennia ago, and I can't give you the exact date, millennia ago, they, a 300-meter-high tidal wave was thrown from the volcano that erupted in Santorini and came across, and when it did, it hit Crete right in the center. And it, the, 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 the waves were so big that Canossos is on a mountain up in the middle of Crete, and it li literally reached that far inland, like something like 70 miles inland to get to this point. And when it did, everyone died. 
And that was their culture, um, the Minoan culture. And um, they worshiped a snake goddess. Um, She doesn't really have a name that I know of, but a lot of times you see her with like a long A-frame skirt on and her breasts are exposed. She has two serpents in her hand. That is the main deity that they worked with. Um, And in, in the 1800s, an English man went over there and found Knossos. They didn't even know it existed. He started dusting away like they do, and he uncovered an entire civilization and a castle and the grounds and where all the people lived. And um, it's leading to Hecate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as this happened, uh, you know, now years later it becomes a a tourist spot. Um, Pope, my wife, and I went there because she would go there as a child. And... uh, I really started looking at the grounds as we're walking, and there's, you know, it's still like dirt and everything, but you can see where they've earthed everything, and it's a beautiful, beautiful castle and everything there. But if you kick the dirt, you'll still have seashells coming out of the ground. Wow. From that wave that took them out. And when we were like, oh, let's get some stones while we're there. So we grab some stones, and there are could see I would say about eight feet tall at the widest point probably about five feet and then angled up to about three feet and then the base three feet there were casks for oil for for um, olive oil so when that hit I mean you got to think about the culture and the time yeah people didn't know what the hell that was going on it was yeah gods were just they're giving them wabash right and so they all climbed in those and then they were just whoosh, and then of course they perished. Yeah. So now we go there. <clears throat> I'm grabbing stones and I'm grabbing all the stuff and I'll put that away. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. So we, I'm, I'm still seeing stuff. This is where Theseus would be, mm-hmm. the Minotaur. This is where the bull came in and create that whole area is all that. Good and all fine and good. And then we went to an island called Naxos. And Naxos is about two islands away. And we went to see the Temple of Demeter. And when we were there, it was kind of neat. It was a little bit of a line off, so you really couldn't get to it. And then Popey's like, oh, that's really weird. Look at on this map. And it was like Cave of Zeus. I'm like, not Jesus, another Cave of Zeus, you know, go figure. (laughs) (laughs) You got around. Yeah, you got around. (laughs) So you go. We're like, fuck it. We got nothing else to do. Let's do it. We had these forerunners, and we drove the forerunners, and we went for what it seemed about from Demeter's temple to Zeus's cave, it was about mm, an hour up, and then it stopped. And then it's like, you have to get up and walk. So now there's no tourists around. So now we're like, wow, this is weird. This is not a tourist trap at all. So we're walking, and as you're walking, there's all the shale rock on this mountain, you know, that's just falling away. And you're walking on the sideways, my wife's, you know, stumbling, and we're trying to figure this out. And as we're going, off in the distance, probably about 30 or 40 goats. We're just, they're wild, and they're like living out there. They're off in their own world. And so finally I made it around and up and over and out. And then when you got to this crest, all of a sudden there was a, a cutout in the, in the side of the mountain. That was probably as big of the size of about three quarters of that door. Ooh. And that was it. It was just an empty hole. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And right? I was like, yeah. this feels fucking intense. And then Pokey's like, well, 
what do we do? I'm like, we're going in. Yeah. <laughs> and you went in there. And I'm like, fuck, Poe, this is, it's really, there's nothing. I mean, you can't see nothing. And of course, we're all like, iPhone. <laughs> Turn on the flash. Like, it just ate the light. You couldn't, it, it, you couldn't see three feet in front of you in any direction. So I'm like grabbing whatever I can. And everything is dank and cold and, you know, still. And I just grabbed a stone that I could find and I threw it. And it just was like, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck, right? So now I'm grabbing another stone, and I hear, and then I'm like, so there, now we can't see, but we know that there's water there. So I'm like, I can't fucking swim at all. So I'm like, up, oh, Zeus, done. So we hung out there, and the vibe was really intense, and it seemed like we were there three minutes, but we were probably there more like 25 minutes, hanging out, and I'm like, it's probably time to go, because you now you're starting to feel the thing. Yeah. And I'm like, this place is fucking heavy. And there, it, it, there's something going on there, but we can't see it, so it's time to leave. So we go to leave, and we have to step through that fucking door of stone, that hole. And as soon as we turn the corner to go out, all 40 goats were here. <gasps> and they were like, what the fuck are you doing here? And they're like, and do you think goats, until they're in your grill? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah. They're like, they'll fucking, they can, yeah. They can, oh, yeah, they're, they're aggressive, anyway. yeah. And their heads were like, whoa. And all that, you know, that whole thing with the, the size of them. And I'm like, I'm fucking scared. I'm like, fuck, fuck, what do I do? I, you know, I've got an 80-pound wife. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like 30, you know? I'm like, we're out here. There's nothing out here. And so we were like, all right, go pan. You know, I'm like trying to talk yes, pan. Yes, yes, smart, like, smart. I'm like going and I'm like breathing. And I'm literally, it's so literal that I'm like this. And this is their head. And I'm like, Whoa. they would not fucking budge. And it took us an extra amount of time to weave through all these goats that are like, Whoa. you know, moving in. We got out of there and we got down the hill. So one thing led to another. We went, we, we went on with our, 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 uh, our trip, got all this stuff home, um, came back and... Uh, Towards the end of the trip in Athens, Hecate came up. And I was like, oh, Hecate, you know? Oh, yeah, I know about her. And we, we were looking at, you know, like when you go to Greece, you can buy the entire Olympian pantheon for like 30 euro or whatever. And, you know, and they're all the, all the, the major gods, like the Apollo and the Artemis. And the, yeah. You know, they're all there, but Hecate's never there. But yeah. Hecate's pre-Titan. So you, you talk to people in the place, they're like, I don't really know about her. God, no one don't really know much about her. So it was like, whatever. That's so interesting. So I bought Athena and I bought an Apollo and I brought them home. And I, the first night I, I sat them down, sorry, I sat them down on this, on this little table I have by the bed. And uh, we had also found the first um, Triformis statue of Hecate there. It was small. We got that home, and I just unpacked it and put that at her there, and I put that other two over there. And it was uh, the second night. The first night we had unpacked, and I had got this little oil cask. Remember I told you the yeah. chips and the stones? Well, we had a little cask that was a representation of that oil cask that they, they got in, that they perished in. And... Uh, I filled it with all those stones. So we got home and 
Popey and I, something we rarely do and something I ultra rarely do is I work with Ouija boards or anything like yeah. that. But we started working with stuff. And for some reason, Helios would come up, which is the sun god. And Helios kept coming up. And he's like, you know, it was like, it kept mentioning the cask. And then I, it was like bad, you know, haunting, bad things where this, this little fucking thing that we got, they're like, so essentially we were like, fuck, what the hell is going on? We took it and we dumped it out. And when we dumped it out, it wasn't stones. It was all pieces of the clay pot that people died in. <gasps> and so I was picking up shards of the clay pottery that made those huge things that people probably were in. Yeah. And it was just filled with bad shit. And then that night I went and I put this huge, like it, the mouth of it was probably about three inches in diameter. And I put this big ball of wax that was about five and a half, six inches, like a baseball on it. Put, put a little pressure on it and sealed it. I'm like, this is just weird. We'll deal with it tomorrow. So then I go, we go to bed, and then it happened. Three, it was like 3.15 in the morning. So cliche, but. <laughs> in the morning, and I'm wearing, wearing a bed of sleep. Hope he's, you know, Hope he's a heavy sleeper. I'm going to move this just a little closer. Oh, sorry. And okay. she's a head, you know, she's asleep. And we're really catching up on our sleep at this point. And then all of a sudden, you know, she is on, she, like, so if you're at the foot of our bed, She's the right, and I'm in the left. And I, I always, you know, I look at her at the back of her head when we sleep. That's how we sleep. And all of a sudden, I, I took my head on my pillow, and I turned, and I laid my head down. And I opened my eyes, and on the, on the, uh, the bed, on that side, there was a seven-foot-tall black mass. Oh it just came down like a cloak. Oh, I got chills. And there was nothing there in her face. There was no hands. There was no face. There was nothing at all going on. And um, I turned my head back over and I laid it down and I was like, Bobby. And she was like, What? I'm like, She's here. Don't, don't freak out. And Bobby's like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, She's here. And so she's like, Who? I'm like, Hecate. And then it was just there for like, seemed like 20 minutes. And I just laid there and that was the first night. The next day we got up and we we're like, okay, what was going on? I don't know, kind of intense. We talked about it, went, went back to the board. Helios brought up Akate and then we started connecting stuff. And then we were getting ready to go and leave. And then Popey's like, where's that? cask with the pieces in it yeah I'm like it's over there on the altar and she's like I thought you sealed it I'm like I did there's a big ball of wax on it and we went over there and the wax was completely melted down and, <gasps> and, holy like, shit. and we're like alright now shit's on so we're like holy fuck and then I got one of those Greek glass eyes with the blue and we <laughs> sealed it on there it's been on there ever since so when we go back next week I'm taking it back to Conosos holy shit Sal yeah, yeah so that was my birth that was my Akate that was when she first came and from there it's been progressively growing she helped us open the store the stores are always dedicated to her Scarlet came into my life and um, oh Scarlet's badass yeah Scarlet's badass and she's like my sister you know, in witchcraft. And also super educated, yeah, smart witch. Yeah, educated. Yeah. So she, uh, th me, her, and Popey, and I believe Melissa at the time, 
um, the four of us dedicated. They didn't dedicate like I did. They're like, I choose to work with you, but other deities. And I'm like, I'm yours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yours. And you're not me. And uh, we did that on the right of her sacred fires two years ago. Wow. Um, I've been 100% dedicated to Hecate. And then when I opened the store, I told her that I would send her, give her a temple. And she's got a temple. And now people come here. And that's why the torches are on the wall outside. So yeah. people know that are Hecate and that this is a place to come. Yeah. It's kind of like a beacon for them. It has crazy energy in here. Yeah, I mean, the, that the room is really intense. Yes. Well, and it's funny too because I forgot to set intent and I have a Hecate altar now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's, we're, it's, it's, I'm, I'm like in the middle of it. You know, I don't know where it goes yet, but, um, you know, I, I need to, because you can't half ass with her. No. You know, I mean, and, like you have to, well, she set, didn't she set some drapes on fire when you moved a candle to someone else's? Yeah. Yeah. She basically spanked me. I'm yeah. Like, she beat my ass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's take a quick break yeah. here. When we come back, And then we're we gonna... come back, I want to talk about um, what that means to be dedicated yeah. to one deity. Also, we're going to get Sal to tell us how you should be building your altar. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. After oh, these okay. messages. Cool. We're trying to make money on. And we're back. All right, so. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so Sal, um, tell us a little bit about what you, what, yeah, what, what, what the process is of dedicating yourself. I also do want to get Sal to talk a little bit about hexes and even like work he does on behalf of people because he does some really cool shit. I mean, you can get. If you come to the Crooked Path, like it's like a dream maker of a place. I mean, the stuff you do yeah. for people who are not have not really tapped into their own magic, are not as dedicated, are not as harnessing as a power. A girl had me make a bag for her, and I did full ritual and called down Hecate, and then I clipped a piece of her hair and we put it in the bag, and she was like, "Holy shit, you're doing all this for thirty bucks?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I do." Yeah. And people are like, "God damn, you you really go there?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I just started calling down and pounding on the table and. My eyes go up and then I'll start going into my work. It's crazy too. This place called to me because I've been in LA for about a year, almost a year now. And four different people said Renee's name to me and Crooked Path. And it was like, and Renee, how long has Renee been in LA? Like three years, two and a half, three years. Yeah, Yeah. I'd say so. So, But I mean, also the shop is really well known, but it was like, these people aren't even in the same circles. And um, even like, this is before I started, Hakate started appearing to me. But when I came here, I knew it was a missing piece. I knew that this was like a beat I was supposed to hit in my life. Like this shop feels so powerful. Um, but I also want to talk about, um, okay, so tell, tell us a little bit, because you make candles for people, these gorgeous yeah, fucking candles. Yeah. But they're, they're, they have a purpose. They're not yeah. just beautiful. They're, they're, I do custom, well, it's what's called an East Coast Carve. And um, an East Coast carb is, it's not, I'm not, it's not, it's not some, nothing I invented. I just have done my take on it. Um, but it's, as again, again, I grew up in Boston, so I'm very New England and mm. East Coast based, and I love that. And uh, there's a wonderful store called Enchantments in, in New York City, who, who has been doing it for years before me. Um, and a lady, there's a woman named Lady Rhea, who created a bunch of sigils and works that, that people do. So I've adapted them, put them my own in, and mixed some ceremonial magic into it, and I make these candles. So basically, on the West Coast, when you get your can- a spell candle from a store, usually, they do what's called a top dress. So they give you a seven-day candle, and the, and the wax is poured into the candle, and it hardens in there. And then you get on the top of it, and you've got basically four inches in diameter to get all the herbs and the oils in. And 
on the West Coast, I mean, on the East Coast, you take the candle and it comes out of the glass cylinder and you carve sigil into it. And then you put the, the herbs in the base and then you coat the appropriate oils on the candle and then you use glitter for flashing color and you, you encapsulate it with high magic. There's just certain rituals you do for that. And that, so it's, it's, it's a step above and beyond yeah. what, the, what the West Coast is. Yeah, and yeah. what I really love about this because um, like the moment I met you and even, because I, I met Greg first. Oh no, so maybe we only have hung out. No, no, this is the third time we've hung out. Because then I was here another day. Yeah. When you, yeah. yeah. Um, but when I met Sal, I could tell, like, this is, this, like, this is, like, your ancient stuff. Like, this is, you were not going to not be a witch in this life. Like, and, and probably the many lives before it, too. But you felt so powerful and still do. And I think it's amazing that people who are not yet tapping into high magic to, mm-hmm. like, really working with Hakate so closely that you will do magic on their behalf and it yeah. will be just as strong. It like and 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 the exchange of coin which I liked Scarlett talked about this. Yeah. She was also on the panel how even if someone comes to you and maybe they want some like dark shit done you'll do it and it's not on you. It's yeah. still on them because they there was an exchange of coin which I also thought was fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Sal does a lot of really cool services. There are also classes here yeah. that I, I mean, like constantly something I find out about it Constant. after it's over. Even the trip that you guys There's just did. There's a new class starting actually. Scarlett and I for the very first time are going to co-teach a series. And it's called Seven Weeks to the Sabbath. Oh my God. When, is, when are you starting and that? That starts um, when I come back from Greece. It'll be, so we'll get back, we'll settle in and we've got it timed. So the seventh week will be the end on the 28th of October which is essentially Samhain. Yeah. And so we're going to take them through a course that will give them an overall history of the first week, first week to two weeks, will be the overall histories of, of Samhain and how it works in the, archaeolog- in the ag- agricultural format and how it's worked in pagan Europe and stuff like that. Then we'll go into one, one week we'll be making uh, oils and, and incense to go with Samhain. The next week we will do a, um, a class on, um, I'm missing something right now, um, deities that we'll work with. And the deities we're going to work with are going to be Hades and Hecate. Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. And then the, that, the <laughs> next one after that will be on how to work, how to talk to the dead. Oh my and part God! Veil. So it's we we go for we go differently than what is story, that? We do a lot of dark work here, and yeah. we're not afraid of it. So we we and the, and then from yeah. there because you know how to control it and yeah. protect yourself. And from there, after that class, then we'll do we'll pick out of that group that does it. We'll pick a female female and a male aspect to de- work with the, de- the two deities and, and those people will form a coven for one night and run the sound ritual while we step out and watch it build. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm in. Count me in. Yeah, if anybody be- tries to get in on this class, hi, we'll be Yeah, it's going to be amazing and we're capping the class at at 18 people. Whoa. So if, if needs be, there'll be two separate groups. Yeah. But if not, there'll be one. Big this one. is amazing. Yeah. I would love to have you and Scarlett as instructors. Yeah, it's going to be intense. It's just vast. There's so much to know. Um, I was just reading that book. I guess I'm still reading it. I have a bad habit of where I'll like read five books at once and maybe finish three, two or three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, it's witches talking to the dead. He's from Boston. He's from Salem. He's a shop in Salem. He's very pro Ouija board. God damn, what is his name? I just re- recommended it to one of the people I was, was reading. 
Um, I can't remember. I'll have to tell you. I'll I'll, I'll post it to our you Facebook have to look or it up. something. The, yeah. I'm curious still, like when it comes to like deciding on like who to work with, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, when it comes to like you were saying, like people who, you know, a lot of our listeners might be new to this. Um, and when it comes to like, you know, really deciding, like what does that like specifically mean you, for somebody? I don't think that if I could give any advice on that type of topic, the first thing I would tell people is don't decide anything. Just yeah. hang out with different ones. Yes, I've told people that too. Yeah, you um, hang out with them. Well, I really like Learn about different aspects of them, yeah. what they are planetarily. And you how feel they it. Connect you at the time. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with having, having multiple gods that you work with in different pantheons. It just so happens that this, this juncture in my life is a soul dedication. Yeah. But not everyone has to do that. And I've been doing this 35 years. So does that mean like when, whenever you're doing any kind of ritual or like any kind of doing any, any magic work, you're always calling on Hikate? Um, if I'm doing specific work, yes. If I'm doing basic spellcraft, I don't always have to. Okay. Um, is always in my hand. Um, she's, she's, she, that did not sound right. She's on my hand. She's not in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I, she kicks my ass, dude. I don't talk with her at all. But I meant she's, she's, she's with me. But I mean, I don't, I don't call her in every time I do work. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't pick up the phone and call home every time I do work. Because spell work is my job. Yeah. You know, it's like pizza at this point. I'm, I'm always doing spell work. Um, but and certain things for sure. Um, personal work, my personal spirituality and my personal path is mine. Um, I, I also work with Hikate in a different space than a lot of people do. So there is, and again, this is all due respect to them. I mean, there's a lot of great, great mm. authors out there that you can learn. Um, one, of the, one of the best modern authors right now is Sarita de Est, and she is an amazing Hecatean um, teacher. And she, she wrote a really great book called The Liminal Hecate, and it's a wonderful book, okay? Um, I... Uh, there's a, a, a group that comes off of that she's involved in that is really a beautiful organization that I, I actually went through initially, and that was um, Covenant of Hecate. It's an it's a international, it's world-renowned. And that system, there's all different people that work with her there, okay? Um, some people that work with her are Wiccan. Some people that work with her are not Wiccan in that coven because it accepts all aspects. So there's no one situation. It's just a covenant of Kati. People that love and worship Kati gather at this point. Okay, but some, And some people are into what's called Hellenistic tradition. And the Hellenistic traditions are dealing more with the old gods of Greece mm-hmm. and working in, a, in that pantheon, in that realm. That's not what I do. Um, it... it it just didn't resonate with me as well. Um, and then I found an author named Mark Allen Smith. And Mark Allen Smith wrote a book called The Queen of Hell. Oh, shit! My and, God! And he wrote six books, and each book I mean, cost about is. 130 euro. And they're exquisitely bound and sigilized and autographed and blooded, and they're, they're ritual done over, and they're very specific works. But they're... I'm going to work, use the word clip-loth or clip-loth. Clip-loth is like the dark aspects of the tree of life in Kabbalah. So it's the dark side of the tree. So it's definitely more heavy work. Yeah. And like when you work with Hecate in that system, it's Hecate and her consort, which came from her, is Lucifer and Belial. Are the, they're the three. 
and Hecate being the prime element there, nice. prime force. And then off that, it, it trickles down. And that's the system that I chose to work in. And that's, it's a personal pathway. And there's people that are international about that too, but not everybody connects with it. Yeah. Because Hecate is, is, is a wonderful, maternal, motherly, um, amazing deity. I, I, I don't want to come across and say that anybody else's path is, is not cool with me because it's beautiful. And, you know, I just, it just doesn't fit in what I'm doing at this point in my life. But, you know, people like Sarita have taken the torch of Hecate and illuminated the world with it. And, and she's done amazing things yeah. for Hecate and spoken for, about her. And you can just hear her talk for hours, and she's an amazing woman. Yeah. And uh, I hold her in the highest regard. It, it just, when I, I threw COH, I found Mark Allen Smith. And then I, that's kind of where I went. Wow. You know, but, it, it, you know, working with her in all those aspects are huge. And, and uh, my personal take, I was kicked out of a Baptist church several times as a child, mm -hmm. um, which I'm very proud of. Um, they, they were fucking homophobes. They were saying all kinds of shitty fucking things. They're bigots. Mm -hmm. And when I would challenge them, they'd be like, go home. Um, go home and reread the Bible. Oh, you mean the book written by kings and insane yeah. men and like a few Jesus quotes. Um, so what I really, my my personal feeling and something that I'm kind of realizing like I get how people feel Christ energy I totally get it and, and he's a great healer blah mm -hmm. blah blah um, but as someone who and and he for sure showed himself to me when I was a, a child and you know nice guy really great dude mm -hmm. but, um, but when Hakate started showing herself to me I was like oh it's not it's not necessarily worship. Like you can feel love and you can feel, I feel a lot of safety with the Christ energy stuff. Very, very like great mm -hmm. banish demons with it, you know? But when I started to feel Hakate's energy, I felt powerful and I felt like, like I had a, I don't want to use the word weapon, but I felt like I could defend myself, you know, like I started to feel not like not the woman who has to sleep with a knife under her bed. You know, I have I have friends and they keep they keep weapons under their bed because they're scared a burglar's going to break in and rape them. And when I started to feel her energy, I started it like replaced fear and gave me power. And I think sure. I, I get how a lot of people, you know, and I, I just hung out with this amazing uh, Christian who, you know, they, they have a different idea about sure. Lucifer. They've got kind of they've got what they were taught. You know, mm -hmm. they haven't done their own research yet. They haven't been feeling these people out or these people. Um, but they they are they're scared and rightfully so. People told them to be afraid. But. I do understand the feeling of Christ energy. I guess what I'm just asking people to do, and I had this moment the other night where um, I was kind of like, I, I, I talked to her now at my altar and I, I try to spend time and get guidance. I really think the misconception, the, like the thing that I keep feeling from her is people need to know that you don't have to worship to be empowered by the likes of Hakate or, you know, whatever, whatever goddess deity, wh whoever's speaking mm -hmm. to you, but there is a power that they carry. It's just not as advertised as Christianity, but there is a power you can tap into where I do think Christian churches are teaching fear, are controlling with, I mean, we talked about this many times, 
the media is controlling us with fear. But I just want lots of people searching for their paths to know that this is not, what, what we're talking about is not like working with the devil, which also, if you did work with the devil, it's really not that big a deal. People also have a huge <laughs> misconception about that guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, maybe open up and see who's showing themselves to you, especially during meditation. That's every time she's ever come for me, when I see her clearly, is meditation. And in the beginning, it was like her on a throne, and I knew the, my living situation was not worthy yet of a Hakate altar. Like I had to elevate my life to bring her into it. And I like having to, like you want a partner who's going to make you elevate yourself. I you wonder, know? I'm curious if uh, what Sal thinks about like the drunk with power aspect. I mean, because I mean, because I think if you, I mean, you could kind of frame the Christianity thing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you could take it as a drunk with power and like trying to control people and all these things. I'm wondering what your experience is. Has there ever been moments where you got you got so juiced up, you felt so powerful that maybe you got a little bit drunk with it, like uh, quote unquote drunk with the power, maybe a little carried away. Have um, you ever felt that in your practice? Or maybe when you were younger? Um. I mean, not blatantly through spellcraft, um, but, you know, especially when you, when you work... Let me segue off for a second and go to your answer. Especially from a ceremonial magical tradition, you gotta, uh, for, for those people that don't really follow that system, it's a little different than witchcraft, okay? So we're dealing with, you know, the Sephiroth on the Tree of Life, and the whole job of, of that, that tree is for you to harmonize the 10 spheres or sephirote that are emanations in in your world, okay? And the highest one is Keter, and Keter is the God energy that comes down, okay? We bring down energy, we bring down deity into Malkut through the middle pillar and Yasod, which is the moon, down to us and create that. So where I'm going with this is essentially that tree of life is the best way you could sum it up to people that don't understand Kabbalah is it's the red book from Carl Jung. It's, I love Kabbalah. It's, it's really heavy-duty psych- psychological stuff. So not so much in spellcraft, but in walking in life, which the path of a magician is filled with, with, with traps. And uh, when you're young... It's like the old adage of, do you ever hear the old adage about the young bull and the old bull on the hill? Yes, but I don't remember how it goes. Have you ever heard that story? So essentially, there's a young bull and there's an old bull, and they're sitting on top of a hill, and the young bull looks down, there's a pasture in the pasture, and he's like, let's run down there and fuck one of those cows. Oh! And then, yeah, and then let's the run down and, there and fuck yeah, exactly. all yeah, those like walk cows. Down and fuck them all. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta walk down and fuck them all. All right. So basically, <laughs> what I'm saying is, when you're a, you're young, you're in the magician card. Everything is manifesting. I want to do a spell for this. I need to do a spell for that. I need to have a new car. I need to have better shoes. I want that hot girl. Okay. And you're doing all this conscious work. And as you move through that, and you move toward the hermit aspect of the magician. As, you, as the magician walks, flowers come up. But where, where I'm going to that with what you asked me is when, the ego of the young magician, you're always going to be doing that. And yes, I, I definitely felt, fell in those traps. God but it wasn't damn, Sal. I cannot wait for you to start your podcast. <laughs> There's like no witch 
podcast I can listen to except Renee's oh, and yours, obviously. You. But yeah, so I hope that, that answers the question. So it's not like I'm, I, 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 you know, that juice that you're talking about happens as a young magician walks through life because everything can manifest for them, you know? And yeah. you, you have to get over your ego. Yeah. Yes! That's what, that's what the tree of life teaches you. Is you have to you have to understand severity and mercy and the middle pillar because and, and when you look at severity if you're looking at the tree of life in front of you and you've got bina okay on your left side which is which is the left pillar and you and then you've got on the other side you've got hokma that's the right side or the white pillar the right side of the white pillar in the tree of life is male. The black is female, male is passive, female is dominance. And they're, they're the power point. And through the supernal on top, which is Keter in the middle, you've got the, the, the god or goddess energy, de- let's call it deity energy, and then you've got the Bina, the, 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 the mother and the father, and together that triad creates equilibrium as long as you stay in the middle path. And Typhirit, which is our love and, and beauty and all that comes out from, the set, from that lower center point, the sun. And that's, that's unity with both pillars all through all the spheres. And that's what, you attain, that's what you try to do. Like ceremonial magic is more spiritual working the self and evolution than it is buying the new car job, you know, yeah. spell work. That's where low magic comes in. So there's nothing, when you say low magic or high magic, that does not mean better or worse or less than and greater than. It just means microcosmic versus macrocosmic. Because in witchcraft, we, we move up to Yesod by channeling with the moon, the goddess energy, bringing it back down to earth or Malkut. Okay? In, in high magic, you move up to God and you bring God down in. So it's the higher higher part but it's more it works more on your spiritual self and growth as a human being and less on getting things but if you want to do good spell work then you work in your, you work with your sod and malkut you work with the moon and you do your witchcraft it's, it's hell yeah it so many levels to it right so good yeah. so good so okay i'm gonna read this letter that um i was saving for you to answer because um it's about altars and like you have the I love altars. freaking That's, my virgo is like <sighs> anal about altars. yes <laughs> I'm when, like really when i first came upstairs and saw the sakate altar that i'm sitting right next to um i i mean it blew my mind and i haven't felt like power like a, a, I haven't, I'd never been to like a Hakate PowerPoint yeah. in my life. And so to experience it here, and it was right after I'd started seeing her. Like really? it was, it, the timing was all very. People uh, say it hits them in the chest when they Ooh, go in there. yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. It's really heavy in that room. Some people can't go in. It's funny because I, I said heavy. to Ryan how I, I am not, I don't, I'm not sufficiently caffeinated, but I knew on the way over, oh, well, I'll just spend a moment in the Hakate temple and, and be raring to go. Get used up. Yeah. So we got a, a, an email from our our listener, Nate, and he said, I wanted to ask about altars. I am new to this side of practice and would love to have tips on how to set one up for daily reflection. Um, What kind of things should I start with? How do I use one? How do I set it up? Where's the best place to put one? Is it dependent on what I want out of the altar? Uh, in one episode, there was talk of having multiple altars and having intention on placing certain ones above, below others. How does this bring better manifestation? What are some basic practices to do starting a brand new one? Um, 
Thank you so much. And he sent us some really good pictures of his cats and dogs, which awesome. we're always into. Yeah. Um, so there's something. That I, so let me explain this to him. Um, Nate is his name. Mm-hmm. So the, the first paragraph was about. Can you just read me and then I'll yeah. stop you when I hear it? He um, said. The altar's for. Um, what kind of thing should I start with? How do I use one? How do I set it up? Where's the best place to put one? Is it dependent on what I want out of the altar? It's earlier than that. Mm-hmm. In the very earlier part. Oh, I am new to this practice and would love to have tips on how to set one up for daily reflection. There you go. Okay, so that is a shrine, mm-hmm. not an altar. Yes. A shrine is what I have to Hikate in my room. It's got my deity on it. Every night when I go to bed, I light a tea light to her. Every morning when I get up, I say a certain, what we would call prayer, um, to her, and go about my life. An altar is where you get your, your elbows dirty. This is where you're doing your work. You're going to spill stuff everywhere. You're going to have your oil all over the place. You're going to have you know, your certain items and tools to do work. It's a workspace. It's kind of like a workspace in a garage, only for magic. Um, now... In that situation, you've got certain, if you're talking about a working altar to where you are doing spellcraft, there are certain components in, in low magic or witchcraft, traditionally, that people have on altars. And there's literally 13 of them, but there's like the top five that I can tell you. One, the most important point on any altar for work in witchcraft is the pentacle. Mm-hmm. Pentacle, okay, or, or also known as the paten. And that is usually an eight to nine inch disc with the formulation of a pentagram in Boston, a five pointed star. And that is the epicenter of all ritual magic in low magic. This is where you're consecrating, this is where you're carving, this is where you're pushing your energy, this is where everything happens on that space. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing that you're going to have on there is your athame. The athame is the witch's blade. It's double-edged. It never cuts anything but air. Okay, it's not used for anything negative or stabbing or harming. It is a wand, but it's an aggressive wand. And the reason it's double-edged is because a lot of times in the air, you are going to be invoking or drawing certain sigillum or pentagrams. And if it's got a double edge, no matter which way you turn it, the the edge will be out to cut. If you had a one-sided blade, you'd have to flip it every time to get it back to the edge if you're going the opposite direction. The next thing that you would have is what's called a boleen. That is everything that the athame is not. It's, it's the cutting tool, it's carving tool, it cuts your bread, it cuts ribbons, it cuts any type of, any type of you know, kind of layman style work on the altar. That's where that is. Okay, the next thing, now we've got one, two, three. The next thing you'd have is the chalice. The chalice is the water element. The chalice is also the womb of the mother. Um, this is usually holds some kind of sacred water that you're doing when you're when you're doing your consecrations in and creating your space. Um, that's super important. The next thing that I see as far as the fifth, if there's nothing else, some type of imagery that represents the witch lineage. So now, when I say that. I don't, I don't believe that some people are naturally witches and some people aren't. I believe that we all are witches. Yes. It's just a matter of saying, I am. 
you don't need a you don't need you don't need a cord. You don't need to be in a coven. You don't need to read a book. You don't need to do any of that. You just have to acknowledge the fact that you are, because you breathe, you eat, you sleep, you drink, you shit, you piss, and you fuck. Therefore. <laughs> You are a witch if that's what you claim that you are. Yeah. Just follow your follow your guide with that. Okay. The thing that you want that I'm talking about is a skull. It doesn't have to be real. Yeah. But it's some type of representation because that's all the witches that died before you. Yes. And I've been shopping yeah. for a crystal so skull. They're very expensive, but they they energy. Yeah. You know. It's it's a, it's a good focal point. So those five images are really important. Now the thing that you're going to look at is where on the altar they sit. So you could do this either Kabbalistically, which most which a lot of witches do but don't realize it, or you can do it elementally. So the athame is a wand. It's one of the only it's one of the only tools that is dual element. It's fire and it's air. Okay, depending on how you're using it. Um, the paten or the pentacle is earth. The cup is water, and the boleen is also earthbound, and the skull is also earthbound but if you it can also be taken as the fifth element which is spirit because of those that passed before so those putting in certain directions if you want to be anal about it like i would be you would have <laughs> you your Virgo you would it. have your um your el- it would be elementally corresponded now if you look at the the star the pentagram that people have so many different views yeah, on thanks, so it's pentamine in five okay when it's a pentacle it's a concrete object that you can touch but this, the image on it, embossed, is a pentagram. It's a pentagram, and each point on that, if you look at a pentagram with the point going straight up, the top one would be spirit. To the left of that would be the first element, which is earth. The second one below it would be air. The, second one, the third one across from it lower would be fire, and the top one on the other side would be water. Mm-hmm. And you're harmonizing with all those elements, and spirit, the fifth, to do your work now when it's inversed or as reversed our, as our logo is yeah when you reverse <laughs> that it doesn't mean satan bad no devil it means you're doing work in the earth element so you can flip that downward and it's it's earthing that work it's also a degree in gardnerian wicca so when you see the pentagram reversed that is third degree gardnerian which uh, which of that level um people wear it for multitudes of reasons and whatever amulet or talisman they're wearing it's right for them to have it for that because that's their say okay but that essentially is why that pentacle is sitting there because it harmonizes all the elements and spirit coming down bringing it and 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 putting that energy into the base where you then do all your work so how do you like buckland he's got a pretty like manual sort of guide to witchcraft and how to set up that's great yeah right to lose him um oh yeah I mean, and I, I'm not... It's like a workbook you can I buy. I used it, and I've, I've, I've ta- taken excerpts from it and mm-hmm. used it for sure. Um, and he, had, he had some great things to say. He came down through the, Al- the Alexandrian line, really. You know, a, a long, long terms, you know, he came through Alexander's. You know, but then now you're going to start getting in. I was here first. They were there first. I'm not here to, yeah. to fight about that with you guys. You know, it's... But, um, you know, G- Gerald Gardner, 1954. You know, he was an author. Yeah. He met Dorothy Clutterbuck, and he... There's people that we don't know if it's real or not, but there's theory on a group called the New Forest Coven. And there's no proof of that coven. But it was said that he contacted them through Dorothy. And then he, he also met Dion Fortune, who was in the Golden Dawn. And that's ceremonial magical structure and, and ancient 
pagan gods combined them and created the Wicca. So what is Wicca? Wicca, in some systems it said that Wicca means to shape or bend at will. Um, it also means wise one. And then in some other, some other theories, again, these are all theories. I'm not saying any one is right. Just, I keep clarifying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Wicca is the masculine and the Wiki is the feminine. Ooh. And that's where that term came up. So in 1954, up until Gardner founded the Gardnerian tradition of witchcraft, people could still be tried and hung as a witch in England. So he reappealed that act put it on the books as the religion. And that's how that was formed. That's, wow. pretty, that's pretty awesome. It, yeah. was, it was fun. I, I went to England for a month and I hosted a pub quiz and I, I made it all witch themed. And at first I was like, I'm going to be so shocking. And people in, in the UK, they're like, paganism, yeah, that's, that's number one. Like, they don't <laughs> yeah. give a fuck. They don't bat an eye at a, yeah. at a pentacle. Pentagram. I mean, we've covered like some, some really amazing ground here today. Yeah. And like, had like, you're very eloquent about all this stuff. It's, it's really he? cool. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited I mean, that he. You can he did see the that the life that you're living is very like. I mean, this like authentic, it's yeah. very authentic, and it's powerful. You know, and it, it sorry to finish. It reverberates here. from you. Yes. this is pretty cool. Um, I think this is a good spot to put a bow on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, because we're already <laughs> we'll over now. We'll hang out and keep yeah, talking yeah. to Sal. But uh, and then maybe in the future, you know, once you've had the. Uh, your podcast launched. Yeah. Uh, we'll we, maybe we'll, we'll have you back yeah. and so we can push mind. that out. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, that'd be really that. cool. Um, thank you so much. Let's remind people like all the places they could find the Crooked Path like on the internet or like wherever. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, did you settle on that name yet for your podcast? Um, no, not okay, officially. Okay, okay. So we'll just, we'll announce it. We'll announce it on our social There's when one, he starts it. one thing. I'm going to say something before of we course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I want you, want everybody out there to listen to this is I don't, ever claim to be the end-all be-all. I'm giving you theories and things that I know to be true for me and the studies that I've had. Now, there are plenty of people out there that have way more knowledge than I do, and maybe they don't agree with some of the things I've said. Maybe they think some of my things are off, and that is completely okay. Um, What I would like to leave you with is this. Witchcraft is real. Um, causing change with your will is real. Um, spirituality is beautiful, but they don't have to be both be together. They can be two separate things. You can be a Christian, you can be a Muslim, you can be anything you want and still be a witch. The last thing I want to tell you is the word, and we brought this up in the panel, I have no problem with eclecticism in witchcraft, but if you take anything from anything you've heard me say today, the most important thing is this. Before you become eclectic, study and get foundation in more than one or two systems. After you get those foundations, pull from them respectfully and then become eclectic. Eclecticism does not mean you went on Instagram, saw a couple <laughs> words, and now you're an eclectic witch. That's not how it works. There's study for a reason. There's the old ways for a reason. And there's plenty of people out there that will give you that, re- that, that stuff. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars to learn this stuff. You know, come and talk. Come to my store, go to the Green Man, go to Pan's Apotheca, go to any of the occult shops, enchantments, anywhere in the world, in the country, and we're going to be here. It is not about the crooked path today. It's about people finding their way in this system. And I just don't want you to 
be clouded by using the term eclecticism because you're not quite knowledgeable yet. Find foundation. That's all it is. Sal, you are be so safe. beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. That was so beautiful. That was we're so lucky. Everybody listening, we're so lucky. <laughs> it's just true. So make a trip to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, come meet Sal in his shop. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, if you if you're thinking about making a trip, you need to do it. I mean, because it's worth it. I mean, you'll come here. You'll you'll get you'll your spirit will be lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll you'll probably find some cool things. You make sure you bring some cash money. Because uh, <laughs> I'm getting. A live, with me, like, a live reading with me, a live reading with Renee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's 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 pretty cool stuff. Do um, you post the web addresses and stuff for sure. Yeah. No. Oh, we'll go ahead and say it. We'll post it too. Okay. Sometimes they're um, driving. So the crooked. I am so really stupid when it comes to the internet. So <laughs> you're <laughs> That's better why off. I have an amazing wife. <laughs> um, so our Instagram that I'm not allowed on is um, the crooked path <laughs> underscore la. I'm not allowed on. Um, our website is www.thecrookedpath.com dot B-I-Z I can be reached at um, <laughs> walking the crooked path at gmail.com and that's and our, we are in downtown Burbank at 2020 West Magnolia Boulevard we're open 12 to 8 5 days a week and on, on Sundays we're open till 5 and if you're in town and you don't want to spend any money but you want to get some knowledge second and fourth Sundays at 5 o'clock I have made it free for people to come here get in a circle and talk with other occultists and witches and get their theories on things where you can ask any questions that you want wow. thank you for your time amazing that's amazing that's really cool that's what a great resource what a freaking resource. gift he is oh my like, god thank you Sal this was awesome thank this was this was our best interview ever aside from Renee Thank you. <laughs> Damn Renee, I'm, I'm firing her now. Now, now, yeah, now we can go to like a, a, job. a no. magic off to, to settle who the winner is. Oh, this is, is great. <laughs> and just a reminder, this is where the magic happens.com. You can find us on uh, Instagram and on Twitter and all that good stuff. I'm Rai Singh. She is lovable and also where the magic happens on Instagram. Uh, that's a fun spot to interact. And also the Facebook group is great. So yeah. uh, find us on there. And uh, yeah, and so again, thank you uh, for listening every week. Uh, we really appreciate you. And just remember... This shit is real. Ooh.